We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Burn, what's your current diet look like? I have, I eat what my kids eat. Last night I ate my kid, my son's chicken nuggets. You know, that's a big thing. I've worked with, I mean, realistically, thousands of clients and pre-baby, you would always hear that like, oh, my kid didn't finish his fish sticks or his chicken nuggets or his mac and cheese. I'm like, cool. You don't have to finish it for them, but. Oh, I don't, I don't have to. I just genuinely wanted to. Yeah, they were good. I had the tuna bowl that I was, it, that was lackluster. And I was like, give me those things. Like, cause he was running around breaking things. Like, and I was just like, I don't feel like chasing you around right now. It's a public place, but you're a toddler. People will forgive you. Just, I'm going to sit over here and eat your chicken nuggets. Where were you eating that you had a tuna bowl and he had chicken nuggets? There's this place in uh, in the kind of like the southeast corner of Virginia Beach called Sage Kitchen. It's actually pretty cool. It's it's a it's a nursery, not like for kids nursery, like a plant nursery that has a restaurant in it and like a shopping area, and then it has like a big outdoor seating area that has they have live music there all the time and they have putt putt and they have like a really big playground for the kids it's not an idea that you'd think would work but it works so people go there and then just hang out so we go there we let the kids run around it's like it's it's like one of the few places you can go and just like let your kids go at a restaurant be like just go just try not to fall off the second story of that playhouse sounds like i have a very when we get to Virginia, Katie. Yeah, uh, yeah, we have to go there. And I also have a you'll very definitely fit. You'll definitely fit in the <laughs> in the in the little the little Hobbit house, Jay, that they have there. <laughs> it's, it's size for him. Um, I have an f- important follow up question about the chicken nuggets. Right. Were they were they dinosaur chicken nuggets? No, those are not those are not actual chicken nuggets because chickens are not dinosaurs. Um, nor were they shaped <laughs> nor were they shaped like dinosaurs. They were they were actually really good. And the breading was uh like a little weird. But um no, my current that was just last night for dinner. Wait, my before you tell me before you answer my actual question, mm-hmm. did you order more than you knew Chappie could eat purposely so you can eat more? No, he he's a crapshoot. Like he'll eat a full grown person's meal or not eat at all. So it's it's a, he's a weird one. Um, largely, what we do is I just we just kind of carry food around in our pockets, and just as he runs by, we just jam it in his mouth, and then he just keeps going. Um, he's like the Energizer Bunny, just never stops. So we just feed him on the go, hopefully, and hoping that he doesn't fall down and choke on it. Um, uh, he's a nightmare. Um, but anyway, the. Uh, <laughs> My, my current nutrition looks a lot like intermittent fasting. Uh, and I will state this on the front end. It is not intentional. It is just a lifestyle I have gravitated into. I, I mean, I do fasting almost every day. But the reason I ask is you got you, me, Katie, we've been around the CrossFit space for quite some time. Nutrition is... Katie, how long you've been in the CrossFit space? I don't even think I know this about you. First of all, I... he has legs. So right. know, a, lot of yeah. things, a lot of unknowns. 
Did you There's compete a lot in of the adaptive cat? Did you compete yeah. in the adaptive category in the open, Katie? <laughs> Are you a seated uh, athlete? <laughs> yeah, you guys will find out in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been doing CrossFit since 2016. Okay, so six years or five years. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. yep, one of that, our- that falls in the veteran. I think that falls in the veteran category. Five years. Wow, look at me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, really, based on the programming lecture, typically like three plus years is right. your athlete, right? So right. one of our clients... Chris Anderson suggests that we start a GoFundMe page for Katie. For what? For her new legs. For my oh, yeah, new legs. I think we already talked about this. Yeah. It's like you look at the I got legs. Um, <laughs> no, but you know, nutrition has evolved over the years. One thing that I've said, you know, as part of own your eating, and we've kind of taken it as part of best hours, don't eat like an asshole. You know, we have the t-shirt that's available. Katie will drop the link somewhere. Anytime I wear that t-shirt or someone that's worn it tags me and it's like, people love it because it resonates. So let's talk a little bit about what that means because for so many people listening, they have a direct impact. Not only do they coach movement, not only do they coach, you know, the mental side of CrossFit, but they coach nutrition. So what does don't eat like an asshole mean? Or what should we be telling people about nutrition in 2021? Where do you want to start? Which one of those? Those are two very different questions. Well, let, let me answer the, the, the question because it came from the audience. Don't eat like an asshole. To, to me, that just simply meant, look, realistically, most people listening to this podcast, and I would go as far as saying most people that are inside the CrossFit affiliate, most, not all, understand what healthy is and understand what healthy nutrition is. Now, you know, some people don't, like my parents, for example, think they eat healthy, where they eat almost exclusively carbohydrates, right? <laughs> that looks like, like wake up, you have a bowl of cereal with orange juice and a banana. You know, for lunch, you have some fruit. You know, maybe you have a little bit of turkey meat with it. For dinner, you, you know, you have a salad, again, not enough protein. But for the most part, I think the average CrossFitter wouldn't argue with you, hey, broccoli is probably pretty good for you. We need protein. We understand the value in that. Donuts are bad. Um, you know, and, and again, I, I think everything in moderation, including moderation, you know, I lost weight eating donuts, eating cinnamon toast crunch. But the idea of like, don't eat like an asshole. A cereal of all time. Yeah, you know, there's, there's no, is that something? We agree on two things in this life, Fern. Dave Matthews. Man, Dave Matthews and, and cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> so, you know, don't eat like an asshole to me implies one just don't overdo it like have a donut but don't be a complete asshole about it and also it means yes you know in especially in the macro space meaning macronutrients you can lose weight like i did eating cinnamon toast crunch the idea of don't eat like an asshole came from my realization that like hey while i may be losing weight this may not be the healthiest decision to only eat cinnamon toast crunch, not eat some fruit, not eat some vegetables. Yeah, I, I think, and I'm, I'm I'm very happy that they have shifted the the or added the nutrition lecture to the level two because I think the 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 flavor of that nutrition topic is very good, right? It has very little to do with macros and the and the science of food or physiology or any of that stuff. It has a lot to do with, uh, if almost predominantly, with psychology. 
And again, anybody who's taken any nutrition course worth its salt for the most part understands that the hardest part about getting people uh, to eat better is not teaching them macros, like what is good versus bad. It's just getting them to do it. Um, so when I, when I hear somebody say, don't eat like an asshole, I think um, what, I, the, what kind of pops into my mind is, is don't make up stupid stuff to justify you eating things right you gonna call is that from the donut guys making delivery Did you hear that? Did yeah you hear that? no i just i just said that because i didn't hear it um, uh, yeah. yeah you know the, this day and age when your phone rings like 18 devices ring yeah i hate it um so that that's what i think about when i say don't eat assholes like i don't actually care if people like cheat or do whatever what I think is silly is people fooling themselves. Like I would prefer that you're just eating ice cream and be like, this is really bad for me, but it's good. I'll pick it up tomorrow. Like, cool. I think that's a, I think it's a much healthier, realistic place to be. And that's where I recommend everybody get to is just like, listen, you know, when uh, John um, Wellborn used to talk in his seminars, when he would even able like him, the CrossFit football stuff back in the day, he Did would give this his advice. Oh yeah. Um, and he would just be like, listen, best nutrition advice I ever got. Don't be weird. Just don't be weird, right? Just like if, if you're going to eat things that you know are not good for you, just acknowledge that they are not good for you. Don't come up with some weird scenario where like, yeah, well, it's it's they're paleo brownies, and I'm like, that is the most asinine statement of all time. Well, that's not, a, that's not that. a thing. Sure, would used to say that, but I really like what you said. You know, don't lie to yourself. I think that's a great way to kind of summarize what don't eat like an asshole. It's like you know better. Don't, don't make an excuse in your head. Like, you know, and I put something up recently of like, you know, I always, there's the, the correct amount of Oreos is always one more. And you could probably say the same thing about chicken nuggets and you can say the right. same thing about it. Yeah. You know, and that's where it's like, when I did macros, people were like, oh, I can lose weight eating Oreos. Absolutely you can. However, you're still going to need to figure out where that cutoff is. There's no magic behind it. And it's, I could have easily gone back into the pantry, open up that box of Oreos, you know, pull out the next sleeve and, and had another one. You know, one thing I always recommend to people is make the foods that you really want to eat, like Oreos, a little harder to find. In other words, maybe don't put them in the pantry or maybe put them on the top shelf. So like me, you have to get out the step stool, um, you know, or put them in your basement. I have a client that keeps some junk food in her car, right? And she has to go outside if she wants to get it. So yeah, don't lie to yourself. Um, but you know, let, let's. Well, let this. Well, this. Well, but just to 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 add to that, this kind of goes back to the previous pod, podcast about like it's okay. It's okay that you had a chip meal, like hundred percent. Never, never not measuring or never coming off of track. You know, barring some sort of very. Uh, severe scenario in which eating this food is going to cause you some sort of anaphylactic shock or you're going to really cause physical harm to yourself outside of that it's okay it's normal like that that is actually one of the biggest hurdles is that people not accepting the fact that it's not actually that weird to live in the 80 20 it's actually pretty fucking good i think it's a necessity in this day and age right too many people live in that 100 which very quickly becomes living in that zero you know you for example yeah you may have had a couple of chicken nuggets but you've also fasted most of the day you probably also ate a couple of other 
you know, higher quality things. And even if you didn't, you are understanding, you know, today's Thursday and I can re reboot, I can restart, you know, too many people let one chicken nugget become one bad week. Right. And just having the, so, and I exercise three to four times a week with high intensity. I rarely sit down, have a standing desk. I'm standing all day long. Um, you know, I'm, I'm active, all those kind of things. And now here's where you could label me eating like an asshole. I could take all of those things to then justify eating like shit, which would mean eating like an asshole, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to say it is a buffer. However, I will fully acknowledge it is not ideal and not something I should promote. You, 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 I want to take a sidebar real quick. Standing desk. I stand at my desk all day too, and it's just the norm. Right, but your desk is a normal height <laughs> really for a standing desk. Probably is actually, but you know, I got I have a stand up desk here, and I just come downstairs and I I don't even have a chair in here. Like there's no. Yes, it's one of those electric ones that I could lower and sit, but I'm just so accustomed at this point to standing that I was telling somebody about it recently. Like, don't you get tired? And I'm like. Well, one, I don't think you should get tired from standing. Like it's pretty, you know, we talk about, you know, essential and natural and CrossFit, like pretty essential. I mean, sorry. it is uncomfortable when you first start to do it though. Like I know it's, you know, we don't mean to offend you, Katie, if you can't in fact stand. Well, yeah, it, yeah, I, it, I'd stand if I could, you know? <laughs> it is uncomfortable though when you first start doing it, right? Do it's you, not, it, yeah, when I first started, yeah, because if you're going to stand for four or five hours, like it's not like the most comfortable. That's why I always tell people to get like a block or something to put your foot on so that you can change your position. As long as you can change your position, you can stand for a really long time. That little sidebar for everybody, a little a little nugget. So, you know, if you go to a bar, Jay, you've never been to a bar because you're not old enough. But Katie, when you go to bars, you know, they have that rail at the bottom of the bar that you put your foot up on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's there for a reason. And I, I think Kelly Starrett brought this up years ago, like way back in the day, is that like when people put their foot up there, it's a more comfortable posture and they will stay at the bar longer. That's why it's there. Wow. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, right. I, where I was going, I was going to say also, I think some of it comes from just being a coach for years. You're just, there's not many jobs out there where you, where you stand all day. You know, and coaching outside of labor, like outside of a, some sort of labor job, you know? Yeah, right. But I, I, you can you can say coaching is some sort of laborious job, but. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. You know, but I, I just got it used to it. And you mentioned, you know, moving positions. I bought one of those masks on Amazon, partly because where I was standing. Like the little squishy ones? Yeah, they're a little, it's a little squishy, right. but it's got some rollers so I can, put, you know, it's got a ball on it so I can kind of dig into my feet. But where I was standing, became like brown and Roz came down and she was like, did Rocky poop over here? And I was like, no, it's just my feet. So we actually, you know, we had it steamed and then I got one of these mats. So now it's not brown. When I was, <laughs> when I was growing up, we, when I was growing up, we used to call those Win dixie feet. So like, so if but, anybody's from this, anybody's from the South, like, you know what Win dixie is like grocery store, but like in the South, like people, you know, you'd have like little, you know, basically feral children just running around there and their bare feet and their feet be black by the end of the day. So you'd call them Win Dixie feet because you're the little you're the little heathen running around bare feet all day and your feet are just disgusting. <laughs> it's funny because like I it wouldn't matter if I showered or, or whatnot. It was just I'd always, you know, have this brown spot down here. So anyway, I've got a map. But but back to the were you gonna say something, Katie? 
I was going to say that maybe it would help if you did laundry more than once every few months, but uh, sick, sick burn, Katie. Sick burn. <laughs> Guess what, Katie? We are sharing an Airbnb. Direct, direct knowledge of how dirty my feet yeah, are. Dirty oh, good. <laughs> so, you know, go, going back to, to don't eat like an ass. Where, where would you say this is, this was the part two of the question. Like, what are we telling CrossFitters these days? You know, you and I both agree, you know, as part of affiliate university, it's like, hey, you need to talk nutrition. 80%, if not more, of how your members look, feel, perform, et cetera, is going to be dictated not by what they do in your box, but what they do outside of the box. You know, that extends to beyond nutrition. It's extends to sleep, stress, et cetera. But, you know, some people, People are coming into Rife or wherever, you know, you're coaching these days. What are we saying to that? This is, um, there's a lot of layers to this question, by the way. There's some that people are not even aware of, but the, so for years, we didn't talk about it at all. At right. Rife? Which, uh, right. Yeah. We just didn't because it's uncomfortable, right? Like you either don't have enough information about it or you're not ready to field questions or you don't have the kind of in air quotes expertise in order to deep dive and help people with whatever that is. That's a journey, right? It's just like coaching, you know, when you first dive into, and, and it's like everything else, if you don't, if you're not getting reps in on, on having that conversation and learning to navigate that, cause it can be a touchy subject. You will just tend to avoid it, which is, I think we could agree incorrect because if, you know, if you think about what, what we would preach in the level one, if we talk about the nutrition lecture, our contention is that you, if you're not doing some variation of like weighing and measuring your food, eating high quality in combination with constantly varied functional movements executed in high intensity, then you are not in fact doing CrossFit. And what we're saying is you cannot separate the two, right? Like there's so many ways that this loops in, right? So we think about the theoretical hierarchy for the development of an athlete. Nutrition is the base of the pyramid. So fundamentally, you can't get to sport or the best version of yourself without addressing that. If we think about the leading sentence in world-class fitness in 100 words, it is a statement about food. So separating the two is not uh, even reasonable. The problem is how to have the conversation, right? So then how do I start to have that conversation um, and I think it's, I think it's best to just open the door for conversation and then educate over time and then let the conversation come to you. But I, I do think people should be having the conversation on the front end. So one of the things you, you mentioned, and I think you're probably just kind of throwing it out there in this moment, but it's weighing and measuring, right? First of all, I agree with you people, people forget. It's like they, they start CrossFit and then they just chase fitness when, and, and we just had a call with Greg Amundsen in our private coaches group. And, you know, and, and one of the things that, that he spoke about was, you know, not allowing CrossFit to take over your life, right? Too many people put it at the forefront and whether it's your entire life or simply your, your health and wellness aspect of your life, it's like, I, I, you know, I, I've often said there's four pillars to fitness, sleep, stress, nutrition, and fitness. I'm sorry, I should say there's four pillars to health, sleep, stress, fitness, and nutrition. If one of those has to go, it should be your fitness. Mm, I, some of them are out of your control. So I, I think of just, uh, we have a ton of nurses here for, I don't know, no particular reason, but the, a lot of them work shift work. So immediately sleep is not something they have total control over. They do have control of everything else. I think the, I think the, I think 
what you're well, trying to say. I think what you're trying to say is like knowing what those pillars are, you can start to determine which ones you have more or less control over. Absolutely. You know, people, you know, the, first of all, the reason I find that statement important is because you 100% have control over your nutrition. Very rarely is someone forcing you to eat something. You know, you may be in a social situation where you look weird if you don't, but again, that's your call. I've been in situations where I don't want to eat something. And I'm like, I look like a weirdo and it's worth it. But again, you have control over that. Very few individuals have control over their fitness from a standpoint of I'm programming the workout, right? Your members show up at Rife and they're like, today's handstand walk. All right. I guess I'm handstand. You know, obviously they're scaling, this, adapting, et cetera. But we often just think I don't have control over sleep and stress. While you don't have maybe as much control, you have control over how you react to things, i.e. your stress. And then when it comes to sleep, you're right. I mean, we got a five-month-old baby monster who wakes up all sorts of hours. I don't have control over that. But I can dictate, do I try to go to bed earlier? You know, I can dictate what my bed feels like as far as, you know, keeping it cool. And, and the, the fact is the less control I have over that, those things, in my opinion, the less important what you're doing inside the gym is. Because if you're busting your butt inside the gym and not sleeping and high stress, you're going to wind up either hurting yourself or overtraining or, you know, a host of other things that can happen. I, I think, and this might just be semantics, Probably. but I, but I somewhat disagree on the control aspect, right? I think to some degree control is an illusion. So, I mean, uh, because for, you know, addiction, right. Just to say like, and food can be an addiction. I think I think it we would be remiss to say that somebody with an addiction has control. Right. Now, they do have choices. Like right? That. But they may not have they may not actually have control when it comes to making those decisions, right? Like we all have some aspect of that whether it's you know, money or um or food or anything. Like everybody likes something where like I have the opportunity to make a decision on this, but I don't necessarily have the self-control to do the right thing. And this is where I think the education piece comes in, which is because really what we're saying when we educate is give people opportunity or options to make better decisions. And it, that will start to lend itself to something that looks like control or feels like control. Um, but the, and I think the first thing is remove remove ignorance from the equation, which is, Hey, I'm not going to assume that, you know, what a protein and a carbohydrate is because i definitely have people that do not know that. And I'll start the process of education because with education, then we could start to develop something that would resemble control. And because I, I mean, you all know this, like Jay, you've worked with thousands of people on that. Like, I mean, I, I would tend to agree. I would tend to think that you would agree that like many of them do not actually have control. Like they're trying, but they don't technically have control. Yeah, no, I think, I think, you know, yes, it's semantics. And, you know, I think you and I are very, are both very strong willed and, you know, control looks different, right? Like sometimes people are like, you don't get it. I'm addicted to sugar. And I'm like, I hear you. Part of me struggles. And this, this was what I've learned as a nutrition coach for years. It's like, you can't put your own beliefs, thoughts, and philosophies on other people, right? Like it's very hard for me as a coach to wrap my head around sugar addiction because yeah, I'm addicted to it as well, I guess. Like 
and I don't say, I guess like when, when I say that, it's like, I want sugar. It's tastes delicious. The difference between me and other people is like, I have a very black and white mentality when it comes to nutrition, no different than carnivore. People are like, oh, you're doing carnivore. That's easy. No, it's not. I want to eat spaghetti. I want to eat mac and cheese, right? I want to eat chicken nuggets. I won't if I'm on my diet. Like there, when we're in Virginia, maybe I'll be a little more flexible. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I'm going to have to assess when we're there. But yeah, I, I mean, to answer your question, a lot of people do lack that control or they don't have that control. And, and that's a challenge. You need a support system. I think a lot of people that lack that, maybe they're married to someone that isn't as you know supportive as they think they go away on a week vacation come home with a box of chocolates thinking they're you know doing something nice for their loved one when in reality it's like bringing you know a, a case of beer to an alcoholic like you said yeah so i think to kind of bring this home with regard to making this practical for a coach or an affiliate one of, and this is uh you'll go through bouts of this with um uh, people who are dealing with depression or people who are dealing with addiction. And again, to kind of do a little callback to the previous episode, which, which was, it's okay. What I don't want to do is introduce shame into this thing, right? Because now, now the conversation is cut off. They're not open to the idea of change. They feel judged. Um, and it's, it's very, it's Renee Brown here talking about shame. Right. You know, and uh, it's, uh, you know it's, it, it's easy. It's easy for us to just be like, Hey, just don't eat it. Well, that's easy. But honestly, that is easy for me. There's a couple of things I, I truly don't understand. Like I just, I do not. And I'm, and I'm very grateful that I don't understand them. Right. I do not understand addiction and I do not understand depression. You as a human being are saying that. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I just don't, I don't, I don't deal with those afflictions. Um, and again, thankfully, Right. So I, I do spend a, what I think is a, is a lot of time trying to understand them and trying to create empathy for them. But if you were to ask me like, hey, what's it like to be depressed? I'm like, I literally don't know. I have no idea what it feels like to be in that state of mind. Um, you know, I, I, I would always I was gifted with a couple of things, extreme love for myself and long suffering. Right. Which is like, I think I'm pretty cool. OK. And I don't feel bad about that. And I'm ability, and I have this weird innate ability. I was thinking about last night. I was going on for a long walk, like last night, and I was just like, "Why? Why? Do, why am I okay with that? I literally don't know. I have no concept of why I'm okay with long suffering. Like, I'm just like, put me in the pot, boil it, I'll deal with it. It's fine." Your your military background probably plays a role with that, but I don't know. I, I was like that before. I almost called my dad on the walk. I was just like, "Hey, do you have any idea why I'm like this?" Like what, what did you do something to me as a child? You know, he probably did. I, I don't know, you know, but like I, I, you know, so, but the point is, I think it's important to, to have a little bit of awareness. It's, it's kind of like the coach who had, who like, who just has muscle ups and he's just like, mm -hmm. you just get up there. I just don't understand why you just can't do a muscle up. And you're like, listen, knucklehead, you can do that. They, what you just did is quite literally unfathomable to that person. And so I think we need to think of nutrition that way. And we have to consider how long the journey for us has been, which is like you and I have been in this game for 13, 14 years. We've had thousands of conversations. We've tried many, many things and failed at them and, and, and have now developed what is a lifestyle, which is going to be hard to break that lifestyle. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to put me in a rut of eating like shit for prolonged periods of time. I'm just not going to do it. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. It 
doesn't fall in my habits at this point. However, I'm fully aware that other people think that what I'm doing is patently insane. Well, I think a few things you've said that are, I mean, we brushed over the Brene Brown, but she's a great author and I highly recommend coaches checking out her book. She's got too many to list right now that I've, I've read, I think all of them and I've listened to them multiple times. But when you talk about shame, you talk about empathy, like Brene Brown should be one of the first people you think of. I highly recommend her. And, and that's what you're saying. There's, there's, you understand who you are. And I, I tend to agree. Like I don't understand addiction for that reason. I have friends that are in recovery for some for alcohol, some for drugs, some for other things, you know, gambling. And it's always been something in my mind where it's like, things are black and white. Like, okay, this isn't good for me. Stop doing it. And I've never had a problem, but that doesn't mean others don't. What you're understanding Fern, and what you're basically saying is you have empathy for those people. And it, and it took some time, you know, the, the, and you, you mentioned you live this lifestyle. Like I was eating cheese regularly and then I cut it out about a year ago and I've very rarely, maybe three times since then have, have eaten cheese. And I freaking love cheese. Like sharp cheddar cheese is my jam. And people are like, well, why don't you have it? I'm like, cause I feel bad after it. And that's enough for me to be like, okay, you're no longer having cheese. Like the idea of the 10 seconds of joy I'm going to get from this food is not comparable to the 24, 48, 72 plus hours of suffering I'll feel, you know, maybe 72 not. hours, depending. I mean, I eat a lot of cheese because I'm weak genes, dude. You definitely don't need to. Well, and it. part of it is not just how do I, my stomach, you know, my stomach will be off. I'll feel no, lethargic. I get it. I'm just saying that like you're bottom of the gene itchy. pool is what i'm saying my beard actually gets itchy and dandruffy so yeah, yeah that's you know what well we you know kill you can help get it i was gonna say what could help uh with your beard is wow. if you use some doc spartan Ooh, okay. I knew i knew where she was going jay thought she was gonna tell him to take a bath oh, but i knew where <laughs> Her words hurt. So, you know, I'm just trying to protect myself, but you're absolutely right. So full disclosure, maybe it isn't the cheese. Maybe I was started using Doc Spartan and my beard cleared up. I don't know. Maybe I should have some cheese and test it. I think it's a little bit of both, but yeah, my youth, my youthful looks are definitely a result of Doc Spartan. Use the code best hour, save 50%. The coffee eye scrub, or I'm sorry, the coffee gel, the, the coffee scrub, all those good stuff. Actually, Fern, you and I will uh, will share a shower and use some Doc Spartan while I'm in Virginia. We'll I can't I have a hard time reaching my back. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your your arms are incredibly short. I see that. You can't even put them over your head. You're like a small kid. You know, and they can't put their hands on their head. Their arms are just so short and their head's so massive. It's you. So um, where do we begin this as a coach? So well, a, a, I think it's understanding the same concepts that you would understand coaching in them in fitness, which is you have to meet people where they're at. And in order to meet somebody where I, where they're at, I first and foremost, I have to seek to understand, like, I can't just bludgeon people with concepts and principles about nutrition. It should largely start with, by asking a lot of questions like, Hey, what are your thoughts on nutrition? Is it something you that you think about often? Is it something you're concerned about? Or do you not give a shit? Whatever, just give me your general thoughts on the idea. And they're like, yeah, whatever. I like 
cheese whiz. Okay, cool. Well, now at least I have a concept of where you are on the spectrum. And now I can kind of, I can tailor the message based on where you're at on the spectrum of has no idea what a macro is and doesn't care to, uh, you know, I'm Jay Ackerman and haven't, haven't not measured a meal in eight years. Right. Yeah. It's, and, and I think you can go off the deep end, right. But it's still important to remember, you know, I think you gave a great analogy of that coach that has a muscle up basically forgot what it was like to not have one. It's just in their DNA. Like you look at the wad, you see muscle ups, you just, okay, how many do I have to do? Okay. Seven, five rounds. Cool. No problem. And we forget <laughs> what it was like. What's that? What's so funny? No, every, every anytime I see somebody do that, like at a seminar or something like that, like my, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is like, there's no way to make friends. Like everybody hates you now. Yeah. Right. Which is, which is actually a very good analogy for this, which is like, don't be overbearing. Right. If you're going to like, we understand the concept of don't eat like an asshole, which is like, don't lie to yourself. Right. But that it also extends the other way, which is like, don't be an asshole about nutrition is no way to make friends. Right. And if I want people to start that journey of like at least learning or being open to the concept of changing their nutrition, I can't be an asshole. Right. So I, I think sometimes we should think about who, who, who's the, who's the recipient of the message. We're like, and we, we get it. Like the shirt's fantastic. It is by its very nature, hyperbolic, which is the point. Um, but that doesn't always go over well in the gym. So I, it's, it's, it's fair and should be considered who is this person? Are you doing it during your onboarding? Are you doing a workshop for people that have been there for two years? That delivery looks very different. Like they're probably open to the discussion after two years. If it's their onboarding, they're 40 pounds overweight. They had severe anxiety about simply just walking into the door, you telling them that they should go clear their pantry of all grains and sugar probably won't land well. You at that point, you are the asshole, not them for eating poorly. Well, th there's a reason we say, you know, don't talk about religion, politics, or nutrition. And for all three of those, I think a big reason we use those, uh, uh, you know, as funny topics not to discuss is because everybody innately has their own belief system, right? And it's right. very hard to change someone's mind on any of those three, because it's something you've been ingrained with since you're a child, whether it's commercials, I mean, I grew up eating fat-free cookies, trying to make weight for wrestling because my parents had me believe fat was the bad part and I can eat as many cookies as I want because they were fat-free. Like that took a long time to change that mindset, you know, and then going to bodybuilding from there. And then it wasn't until CrossFit. Like, I mean, I grew up like breakfast is the most important meal of the day, six small meals a day to get your metabolism going, you know, flash forward 25 years, I fast. 20 hours almost any, you know, I usually eat within a two or three hour window every day. I love it. If I, if someone walked into my box and I'm like, oh, by the way, you can't eat for the next day, they would leave, right? Like it would right. take time to get there. If somebody was like, hey, I'm interested in learning more about fasting, I'd be like, cool. Can we skip dinner? Like, I'm not dinner. Sorry, distracted <laughs> by Lindsay. Can we skip breakfast? You know, Hey, okay, if that's a struggle for you, let's not even worry about a 16-hour fast. Let's just, you know, eat dinner a little bit earlier, push your breakfast back a little bit later and get to 12 hours, right? right. So like you said, it's a matter of meeting people where they are. Don't eat like an asshole, but don't be the asshole pushing nutrition on people. 
Right. And I, and I think it just starts with a general discussion, which is one of the things we teach people about onboarding is like, you should have the discussion, but the discussion should be superficial, right? It should be very, very high. Nothing that would resemble, you know, Renaissance periodization or macros or zone or intermittent Lots fasting or right Lots of questions, too, questions right? or just present or just presenting the most basic information most of which probably doesn't have anything to do with nutrition, like actual food, like macronutrients. Well, that, was uh, what macronutrients. that was what I was going to say earlier. I got a text from somebody that I highly respect in their, in their field. And, you know, I can, I can, you know, summarize it, but it was basically, I want to lose 10 pounds and figure a way to stop eating for comfort. This is a smart dude, right? He's not saying, Hey, can you teach me about what's healthy? He's basically saying, like, I eat for comfort, which we all do. I mean, every night I, I fast in part because I like to feel like a sloth on my couch getting downtime at the end of the day. Right. right? And so, yeah, he's saying I use food to cope. And I was like, okay, well, cope with what? Like, so what it is it? Right. What are we coping with? I'm going to go with when you know? I write back to him. All right. We're going to wrap up this. You can find the T-shirt, right, Katie? You'll post the link. Don't eat like an asshole. Um, as well yep. as checking out Doc Spartan, best hour. If you want to look pretty, check out Doc Spartan. But Fern, let me ask you one last question before we wrap this thing up. You mentioned CrossFit football. I'm throwing down. We do Cal Sioux when I'm in Virginia. That's one of my least favorite workouts of all Thank time. Here. So let me give the quick story. I think I've told it before. Kalsu comes out of CrossFit football probably oh. circa 2009, 2010 when CrossFit football was exploding. I'm like, I can do this. For the record, it's 100 thrusters at 135 for men, 95 for women. Every minute, Two you burpees. have to do five burpees. Yeah. We, you know, me and a bunch of the other quote unquote fire breathers at Albany CrossFit at the time put 135 on the bar, zero of us finished. Zero of us finished this. I'm about to get another call. Here we go. Decline. Then we, we go back to 95. We finish it. We go back to 115. We finish it. Eventually, we work our way back up to 135. I was the only one to finish it. I wrote to John Wellborn. If you Google Cal Sue in my name, I think to this day, the, the article will come up on the CrossFit football workout. Katie's already Googling. I see her. I see you Googling. Tell me if it's still out there, Katie. But anyway, it was one of my proudest accomplishments in CrossFit, and I don't think I can do it again. It, it, it is, I know this to be fact. It is the last workout and maybe one of only a handful. I could definitely count them on one hand that I quit. Oh, yeah. You, wow. I yeah. remember exactly where I was and what I was doing. I had full plans on like doing it. Because I, I have done that workout in something to the tune of about 11 minutes before. Oh, that's crazy. I took like 27. Oh, I quit at 15. I was like, uh, yeah, fuck this. I'm not no, doing it. Right. I can grind. Like I, like you said, especially in fitness, like I can just suffer for an extended period of time. So I was doing like three thrusters a minute, five, like I can do that forever. So I'm asking you, program it at the box Friday that we're in town. You, 135? Are you going to scale it? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to warm up and see. I can't. I would love to watch you do that. I think I can finish it at 115. I would struggle. At you mean you're just going with just finish, no particular time frame? Oh, well, I think the accomplishment in that workout is finishing. Yeah. Okay. 
Hey, did you find it? Am I in there? Yep, I found. Uh, you didn't lie this time. I found um, <laughs> an article. <laughs> <laughs> didn't fib, but yeah, I found. What um, I listen to is like that. Understand is Katie's our employee. Like, what other job <laughs> you get to act like this? And and let me be clear: what these listeners hear is nothing compared to the digs she sends us via text. They're 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 <laughs> way better. They're way better. You guys think I'm harsh? Katie's the roughest in the group. Where'd you yeah. find Katie? Well, I found it's actually pretty cool. It looks like um, he John published. You wrote him a note, and then he published his response. You guys going back and forth. So that's what I found. I can post this. Yeah, man. So. I was yeah, post that. Post share that, that with you. Yeah. Maybe uh, yeah. yeah. Why do we get the echo again, Katie? Because you suck. I don't know. I <laughs> I don't think it's me. <laughs> I got the best setup over there. And yeah. anyway, all right. Well. Hopefully that sums up. Don't eat like an asshole. Any any last thing? Any uh, vernacular you want to throw in there? Yeah, just just consider how that you would start having this conversation. But you should be having it. So that's the thing. If you're not, what I would urge you to do is figure out how to start having it. How to start having it on the outset because we know the 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 how paramount nutrition is in this whole journey. And at some point we're going to have that, have to have that conversation very seriously. And it's much easier to have if we've had it in very, in a very casual nature from the jump, uh, you'll have way more success with people. They'll be more open to it. And at the end of the day, they'll have much better results. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs, my favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products 15% 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard bomb. And ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%. You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. 
we are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay.